So follow along as I read that passage. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, but the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. So in preparation for this message this morning, and after I'd studied this text, I just did a few Google searches. Because I wanted to see, uh, what do people think about the term born again? What, what comes to your mind when you think of the term born again or a born again Christian? And I wasn't very surprised to find that after doing some searches, those who are not Christians, those who are not believers in Christ, had a very negative view of the term born again. They considered it to have very negative connotations. Uh, judgmental. Uh, those closed-minded born-again Christians. In fact, one quote that I come across from a journalist named Catherine Whitehorn says this, Why do born-again people so often make you wish they'd never been born the first time? That summarizes how a lot of people feel about those who are called born-again Christians. And I also notice, though, it's strange how, how different some, some Christians view the term born-again from those who are not Christians. Some tend to see the born-again label as kind of a, uh, a badge of honor to wear on their sleeve. Maybe sometimes they mean that we're the really serious Christians as opposed to those other Christians, right? Why do we need to add even born-again on it? Are there Christians who are not born-again? Or maybe some people use the term as uh, a certain political leaning. They are, they are this kind of Christian. They believe these things. They uh, really believe the Bible as opposed to other Christians. Well, this morning we're going to see what Jesus says about the term born again. And really, you could also translate it born from above, not simply born again. It seems like John is using kind of a play on words here. Born again a second time, but also born from above. These verses we should see are connected to 
uh, chapter 2, verses 24 and 25, which we saw last time, where some of, them, some of the people who saw Jesus, they saw His signs and they, they believed in some sense of the word. But Je- Jesus, it says, did not entrust Himself to them because He knew what was inside of them. It was a, a sign belief. They didn't really entrust themselves to Christ. And here we see Nicodemus. He represents one of those who has some sort of belief in who Jesus is, but it's not an adequate belief. It is not an entrusting himself to Jesus. He represents those who believe because they see the signs. But don't have the kind of faith that truly saves. In this passage, Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born from above. And he says to the first readers of this passage, you must be born again. And he says to you and to me, you must be born again. You must be born from above. It's not enough to believe the right things about who God is. It's not enough to believe that the Bible is true. It's not enough to be good or try to be good enough. It's not enough that your parents are Christians or your grandparents or that you have come from a long line of faithful believers in Christ. It's not enough to be religious. You must be born again. He's saying something really startling here. It startled Nicodemus. It should startle us too. This morning, to look at this passage, I want to ask if you're taking notes or if you want to remember kind of what we went through, I'm going to be asking four questions and answering those four questions. What does it mean to be born again or born from above? Why do you need to be born from above? How can you be born from above? And what are the results of being born from above. You'll notice I use those terms born from above and born again interchangeably. So what does it mean to be born again? What does it mean to be born from above? It appears what Jesus is saying here is that there must be a change. A fundamental transformation of identity and of character. The new birth, when someone is born again, there is a radical transformation in the very core of who they are. The answer to the question, who am I, changes. You ever ask that question, who am I? And if you are born from above, the answer to that question makes a huge change. But it's not, it's not something you do to yourself. It's not something you do, rather it's something that is done to you. Right? You can even think about the image that Jesus is giving here. Being born. Right? Does a baby make himself be born? Does a baby will himself into being? No, and a lot of it is mysterious. How does it all happen? When does it happen? The baby's going to come now. Here's the due date. doesn't come then. comes later. Come earlier. It's a mystery. It's not something you do. It's something that is done to you. And notice that it's not... Physical, it's not a physical rebirth, it's a spiritual birth from God. To be born again, to be born from above, is to be born spiritually from God Himself. John, our author here, has already talked about this in the first chapter. John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. He gives us clues from the very beginning on what this means. That to all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. 
To be born again, to be born from above, is to be a child of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. God is the one who does the work of the new birth. It's nothing we can work up. It's nothing we can will for ourselves to radically change. It is something that God does to people. And Jesus has the nerve to say to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus, a religious man. If anybody looked at him from all out external appearances, he was a righteous man. He was a good man. He was even a religious teacher. If, if you wanted to have your answers, your, your questions answered about who God is, you would go to Nicodemus. He would tell you what the Scriptures teach. He would tell you about God. He would teach you about God and salvation. And Jesus says to this good man, this religious man, this religious teacher, you, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And He says it to you and me. You must be born again. It's not simply being religious. It's not about making a life change where you try to do better, where you correct certain bad habits. You must be born again. Now, that might be tough for us. It might be shocking to some in our culture, and even us if we've been kind of consumed by the culture in some ways, because we think we're good, basically. Right? We basically think that we are good people. We do good things. We help others if we see them in need. We give money to the poor. We try to help as much as we can. We try to be kind to others. And if we do bad stuff, do you know what we'll, we'll, the excuses we'll make for that? If we do bad stuff, we'll, we'll say, well, yeah, we do bad things, but deep down in my heart I'm good. If you really look deep down the core of who I am, I am a good person. And yet Jesus, there's, there's one big problem with, with that. Mainly, Jesus completely disagrees with us. He says, this is where evil comes from in your heart. This is where all kinds of evil thoughts, evil deeds, evil speech, this is where it comes from, from your heart. But we think we're good. Many would ask, and I think Nicodemus would ask, many in our culture would ask, why do we need to be born again? If we're so good, we, why do we need to be born again? I was born okay the first time. Actually, I've seen somebody quoted and said, Lady Gaga has said that. I was born right the first time. I don't know if you know who Lady Gaga is. Maybe it's a good thing if you don't. But I've seen a bumper sticker around town, around Gibsonville. says something similar. Born okay the first time. I don't need to be born again. I was born okay the first time. Why do we need to be born again? Well, Jesus, in His explaining to Nicodemus what this is, He explains it to him. Verse 3, first of all, we see that by nature, we are blind to the kingdom. We're blind. We can't see. Look at verse 3. He says, Jesus, Jesus says, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born. Again, unless they are born from above. You can't even see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus sees that Jesus is some kind of teacher from God. Otherwise, he couldn't do the things that he did. He couldn't perform miracles like he did. He sees something about who Jesus is, but he is blind to the truth about who Jesus is. And that's the truth about those in our world, in our culture, neighbors, friends of yours. That's true of those who have not born, been born from above. Our children who have not become Christians. 
They are blind to the spiritual realities around us. They are blind to who Jesus is in His fullness. We might be able to say, yes, He's a good teacher, He's a good man. But until someone is born again, they cannot see the kingdom of God. They cannot understand the spiritual realities around us. But verse 5, we also see not only are we blind to the kingdom of God, we are outside the kingdom of God. We're outside the kingdom of God. By nature, you and I, family and friends who don't know Christ, we are outside of the kingdom of God. It's almost like a picture of those who are outside of Noah's ark as the flood was coming. They need to get in. They have to get in. But they are outside. They are shut out from the kingdom of God. Jesus says no one can enter the kingdom unless they are born of water and spirit. It represents a a radical transformation, a cleansing of the impurities within us. This is what Ezekiel prophesied about in Ezekiel chapter 36. On that day, the prophet says, I will cleanse you, sprinkling you with water. I will change you. I will take out your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will give you the new birth. We are outside the kingdom. This is why we need the new birth. We're shut out from God's presence, from God's favor. We're blind. We're shut out from the kingdom. But look at verse 15. That everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. Without the new birth, without being born again, we are dead and we are dying. We are dead and we are dying. By nature, you and I are spiritually dead. Bankrupt. We, have, we cannot see the kingdom, we can't enter the kingdom, but we are dead spiritually to the things of God. And we are dying. Now we all know that we're all dying physically. From the moment of birth, we know that there's an end. We know that there's a time where we will face death. We don't like to focus on that. We don't like to think about that. But this is speaking of a death even more frightening than physical death. This is speaking of eternal death. The word perish in verse 16 is speaking of not just a physical death, but an eternal death in hell. Hell's not just for a long time. It's not just a prison where you stay for your punishment. Hell is suffering. The wrath of God for all eternity. And unless one is born from above, cannot understand this. And he will suffer the fate. This is why we need the new birth. Can you see your need for the new birth? You're blind apart from Christ. You're shut out from God's presence and His favor apart from Christ. You are dead and dying without the new birth. You need to be born again. So how can I be born again? How can I experience this new birth, this transformation that I need to be welcomed into God's kingdom? To be given eternal life? Well, it's mysterious. It's mysterious. It's not a series of steps. How to be born again. Step one is this. Step two is this. Step three is this. No, it's not like that. Jesus says... It's actually like the wind. 
Verse 8, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. It's mysterious. It's like the wind. We don't know where the wind has come from. We don't know where it's going. We can hear it. We can see the effects, the consequences of the wind. But it's mysterious. That's how it is with the new birth. How was I born again? Why why did God have mercy on me to give me the new birth? Why did God have mercy on you to give you the new birth? Why, Why you when you heard the gospel and not your loved one, your brother, your sister? Why not your neighbor down the street? Why did he hear the gospel and not receive it? Why did it make no impact on his life? Why was he not born again? It's mysterious. In many ways, we can't understand what's going on in the new birth. But, we do know something about it. Always, always, always connected to the new birth is the proclamation of the work of Jesus Christ. Always connected to the new birth, always connected to those who are born again, is the work of Jesus Christ in His suffering, in His death on the cross, in His resurrection from the dead. Always it is connected to the proclamation of the good news of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. As the message is proclaimed, as you speak the word about Jesus to your unbelieving friend, to your friend who has not come to know Christ, to your friend who is not born again, the Spirit moves. He's blowing around like the wind. As the message of Christ is proclaimed, He's blowing around and mysteriously someone is born again. They hear the good news for the first time. They hear it and it makes a difference. Their, their deafness is overcome. Their blindness becomes sight and they see who Jesus is. It's always connected to the cross, to the resurrection of Jesus. And Jesus points this out to Nicodemus in verses 14 and 15. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. Now, the Jews of the day, the Jews who were reading this, they would have known exactly what Jesus was talking about. Maybe many of you do, but maybe some of you don't know. What is Jesus talking about as the snake was lifted up? Turn back in your Bibles to Numbers. Numbers chapter 21. Numbers chapter 21 beginning in verse 4. It's just a short little scene about the snake being lifted up. God has been providing for the people of Israel after He rescued them from Egypt, from slavery, and they're traveling through the wilderness. In verse 4 of Numbers 21 we read, They traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread. There's no water. And we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, 
Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. Sounds kind of odd, doesn't it? It sounds almost like an idol of some sort. Why? Why did God do it this way? Well, ultimately, we know that God was using this to point people to a Savior. He was using this. This passage, this text is pointing forward to Jesus, the one who would be lifted up so that anyone who looks to Him, anyone who believes, would have life. Points to Christ, who is our healer. The bronze snake, a symbol of evil even, was lifted up on a pole. The curse lifted up for healing. But Jesus, the God-man, was lifted up on the cross and became a curse for us. He took the sting of sin. He took the wrath of God as He was lifted up so that everyone who looks to Him would be healed, would be cured, would have the sting of the second death taken away, would be saved and have eternal life. He took the poison so that we could have abundant and everlasting life. Look to Him. Christ lifted up. Christ upon the cross. He gives sight to the blind. He opens your eyes to see the truth about who He is. To see the Kingdom of God. Look to Christ. He was cast out. He was shut out from the presence and favor of God so that we could be welcomed in. Although you are shut out of the Kingdom, Christ, by His death, by being lifted up on the cross, He says, come in. You're welcome. Enter into the presence of My Father. Enter into His favor. Look to Christ who was lifted up. Though you are dead, He will give you life. He will raise you up to live in a new way. He will give you the new birth. Believe in Him and receive eternal life. Now, if, if you are a Christian, you may be thinking, okay, I've done all that. I have the new birth. What, what, what is this for me? What does this have for me? What are the results of being born from above? See if you recognize any of these things in your own life. First, we have a new way of seeing. While we were blind to the kingdom, while we were spiritually blind, He opens our eyes to see the spiritual realities of heaven and hell. He, he opens our eyes to see lives that hang in the balance. He opens our eyes to see people not according to the flesh anymore, but according to the Spirit. He opens our eyes so that we no longer treat other people as simply tools to get what we want. Simply means or obstacles to get what our selfish desires want. Instead, we see people with compassion. Not just what we can get out of them, what we can give to them. How can I serve you? How can I love you? How can I, how can I have compassion on you? How can I try to help you have sight? He gives us a new way of seeing. He gives us a new citizenship status. 
We were once shut out of the kingdom, and now He has brought us into the kingdom. He has welcomed us in. We are citizens of heaven, not earth. And so there will be a growing disparity between how we behave and how those of the earth behave. Between how we speak, between how we love, between how we serve. There will be a growing disparity between those who are born from above and those who have only been born once. Marked by love. What are the results of being born from above? A new way of seeing, a new citizenship status, and a new and abundant life. That begins not when we die, not when Jesus comes back, but now. Our eternal life begins now. And it will continue in the age to come. We have everything we need in Christ right now. Because He was crucified for us. He was raised up on the cross for us, but He was raised up in another way. He was raised up in the power of resurrection, and He was raised up, He ascended up to heaven where He sits at the right hand of God. And do you know what He's doing? He's interceding on our behalf. Do you know what He tells His disciples? He's prepared a place for them. He's prepared a place for them. He is keeping an inheritance for us. Kept in the heavens where nothing can destroy it, nothing can corrupt it, nothing can change what we have in Christ. In Christ, God is our Father. We've been born from above. We've been born from God. We are children of God. He's our Father. And you know what's true about our Father? He is rich. Our Father is rich and He is preparing for us a kingdom. He has an inheritance for us. And we are rich. If you are in Christ, you are filthy rich in Him. You don't need the things of this earth. Little trinkets. We are filthy rich in Christ. What are we doing messing with the things of this world? Now we are free to give it away. We're free to give it away. To show signs of the kingdom breaking in on the earth. If you are born again. You are God's child. And you might say, sometimes I don't feel like I've been born again. And I'm right there with you. What's the problem? Sometimes I don't feel like I'm born from above. Sometimes I don't act like I'm born from above. Sometimes I don't speak like I'm born from above. What is the problem with me? I am a child of God. Why? Why do I keep sinning in the same ways? I don't always feel born again. And the answer is not to look in. Not to look inward at your own impurities and corrupt nature. You do do that, but then immediately you look out. Look out to Christ who was raised up for us. Look out to Christ. Just because I don't feel like I'm my father's son doesn't mean that I'm not. Just because a son acts a fool, just because I act a fool and do crazy stuff doesn't mean my Father will disown me. And if we, being evil, know how to give give good gifts to our children, if we know how to care for our sons and daughters and not turn our backs on them, how much more does the Heavenly Father receive His children? Don't look in. Look out to the Christ who was raised up for you. Preach the Gospel to yourself. I once was blind, but now I see. 
I once was shut out from the kingdom, but now He has welcomed me in. I once was dead, but now He has given me life. And it's all because of Christ who has given me this new birth. And now I'm going to walk as a child of God. I'm going to love others as a child of God. I'm going to speak words of grace to those who don't deserve it because Christ has given me the kingdom even though I don't deserve it.